Praise the Lord. Thank you. That's a beautiful song. I tell you, we have really, really enjoyed being here with you all <coughs> today. Excuse me. Excuse me. <coughs> enjoyed the service this morning. Also, the, just the spirit in the church, uh, the friendliness, the, just the freedom, and uh, the great results. I tell you, it reminded me, I was talking to a brother that was also familiar with uh, our home church, what was in, in El Paso, Brother Stewart and uh, Hillcrest Baptist, and I said, that kind of results, what people respond to the invitation, which if God touches our heart, we need to respond and do what God wants us to do. And uh, they had that kind of results. And at there, and especially when Brother Stewart was pastor, but even still, it's a very blessed church there. And I really appreciate it. Also, uh, the bees that uh, took us out to eat today, thank you all. We enjoyed the fellowship and the food. But just uh, been a great encouragement here to be with you all and feel a great privilege. Appreciate also the very nice room that you provided for us at the motel. And uh, very good. Tonight, I'd like to invite your attention to Matthew chapter 28. Very familiar verses called the Great Commission. And I tell you, it's great. It's great in the scope. It's great in the, actually in the fullness of it, the complete, not only the winning, but the discipling and the teaching and the sending. It's just a, a very complete time here. Uh, ask you to stand, if you would, in honor of God's word tonight. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, I'm going to begin with verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord and God, we thank you today that we can have this great purpose and great privilege of being not only your children, but to be your servants, to, to have the greatest being in all the universe, the all-consuming God, to have the say in what we do and how we do it, that we can bring the greatest message of love and compassion and salvation to this lost and dying world. And Lord, they need it. But Lord, help each one of us to, to realize what a privilege it is. And whatever, wherever we go, you are with us always. And you are the empowering God that works through us. And your message, the gospel of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is truly your power to change each life that we touch. We pray for your moving in this service tonight. Lord, may we be yielded to you. May I, your words be what I speak, and may you be glorified. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Boy, it's, a, it's amazing. Here is Christ talking about his, it, with his apostles, the first church, first Baptist church of Jerusalem, and uh, coming unto them, and man, they'd all failed him, if you look at it. I mean, they all forsook him at one point. 
Peter's the one everybody you think of first, and truly he did. But I tell you what, they all forsook him at one point and went their ways. And yet God doesn't give up on it. You know, God doesn't create garbage. He makes us into his children and he has a purpose for us. And even as so well preached this morning, he, he goes after us. He's wanting to use us. He's, he's there for us. All we have to do is turn to him and we're ready. But I tell you what, it's a tremendous, uh, it's a great pr uh, prospect or something like that of reaching the world. And really, this would be an impossibility and possibility for us to do that were not Jesus Christ with us, Jesus Christ in us, His Word and the power, the authority. I mean, it's talking about the authority that Christ has. And we can go and, and I tell you, He has a compassion, not willing that any should perish. We can't take the gospel to somebody that God doesn't love. Praise God, we can be used of God in that way. And, and that's a privilege of our being involved in this great, great cause of reaching the world for Christ. And He is with us until the end of the world. And we don't need to add to what God's doing. You know, uh, God specializes in things, call, things called impossible. You know, there's some people uh, that seem like they're impossible. They can't do it, but I'll tell you what. Uh, God can take the worst one. He's got a wrench that'll fit any nut. And praise God, He's that. You know, I think on our deputation back in 1970, we graduated from Baptist Bible College, and God had put it on our heart to go to Germany, and I started on deputation. Now, my, my dear wife, Sandy, she was in still having to do summer school. She's in summer school. We had already one child. And so I was off going to churches, and she was there. And, uh, I mean, it was summertime. We'd, we were in a house. We didn't have air conditioning. And she was going to school, and she was also uh, pregnant, great with child. And I tell you what, she's coming at one time, and, and it was just all getting a hold of her. I don't, you know, we get times, it just seems like it's too much. And one time on a Sunday evening, she went in. To, uh, she went and she was so upset she went to a uh, pastor's wife to talk to him and to talk and she just was talking about how difficult the problems having to go to uh, summer school and all these things and I was gone and all this it was just too much and so she sort of fumed and fussed about it and then the, this godly woman looked at her and says well you know maybe God is just wanting to see how much you're willing to do to reach your missionary papa. It's something you have to go through. And she said, well, you know, if that's true, we can do this. You know, we've got to be willing to pay a price. Amen. Be willing to pay a price. And believe me, there is a price. There's a price many times even of humility and seeking forgiveness and, and cleansing. And, and we all make mistakes. We all live in, and to come and get things straightened out. And we are nothing without Jesus Christ. And let others let the, come and look at his opportunities to show the true love of Jesus Christ. You know, when everything's running smooth and everybody's doing what, it's not hard to be nice to people. But I tell you what, when things get hard and people have done wrong or you've done things that are wrong and it gets very difficult, that's an opportunity to truly show the true love of Jesus Christ. Uh, we've got this, and God used these men basically to turn the world upside down. 
When he talked about Thomas this morning, uh, the apostle Thomas, he ended up in India. And I tell you, there's Thomas's churches in southern India. I've talked to some of them, praise God. But we're going to look at, at some things and uh, we need to not limit God. Yes. You know, God has a purpose in this world. And if, if every one of us has a position, has a purpose of Him. And we need to come and realize God's purpose for us, God's power for us. I want to look, have you look with me in Psalms eight, uh, 78. Psalm 78. And... Uh, this is a, pro, a psalm that goes through much of God's working with Israel in the Old Testament. And uh, we're going to begin here in verse 13. And we talk about some of the things God did through them and for them. He talks about God divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand up as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all the night with a light, light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused the waters to run down like rivers. You see, God, what he's doing, what he did for them. Uh, and of course, they did not really cherish these things, but things that God's done for them. We think of the difficulties that we have in life or maybe some uh, relationship or something that's just very, very difficult, something God expects us to do, and we think, well, that's just too much. We need to think back to what God has done for us. I mean, when He died and shed His precious blood for us filthy, rotten sinners, I mean, you can't do more than that. And He's done the, the biggest thing. This is just small stuff for God. But it's important stuff for him. And it's important stuff for us that he helps us to do what's right and not to be forgetful. Look with me also over here in this chapter, in verse, beginning in verse 40. It says, how often did they provoke him? Speaking of God. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You know, uh, well, let's go on here. Yea, they turned back and limited, tempted God they t and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not His hand, nor the day when He delivered them from the enemy, how He had wrought His signs in Egypt and His wonders in the field of Zoan. And they turned their rivers into blood and their floods, and they could not drink. He sent divers sorts of flies among them and which devoured them and frogs which destroyed them. All these things God did for his folk Israel and also for it to bring them out and did that. You know, we can limit God. You can limit God. I've limited, I'm sure we've all limited God some ways. We can limit him, one thing, limit his way, his power and his word by uh, being ignorant of God's will. Jesus and Matthew 22, 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. People, we need to be people of the book. I mean, uh, I, I've seen people through the years, men in the ministry, 44, uh, 54 years now in the ministry. And uh, we see people that say, well, I, I just not a reader. I tell you what, 
When we started in America, the Bible was a textbook. I tell you, we need to get back to our textbook. We need to get it, and you need to be in God's Word. I mean, it's so many ways to hear it. You can hear it read to you, but we need to be saturated with it. You can be driving along listening to it. We, can, we need to be in it every day. I read the Bible. Every year I read through the Bible. Uh, when I went to Germany, one of the first things I did to help me with the language is I started reading my German Bible because it, I knew what, basically what the American English Bible already said, so it helped. And then all these years I've been reading a German Bible now, and I'm still reading my German Bible to help my German stay fresh. But I tell you what, I learn something new every time. It's such a blessing, a strength to me. Uh, the, Jesus cried, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We got to live by the word of God. And I tell you, the devil will keep you from reading God's word if he can. The Bible will keep you from sin, but sin will keep you from the Bible. When you feel the least like reading your Bibles when you need it the most. Just like the last, last least you feel like praying is the time you need to pray the most. Let us turn to God and realize He is our strength and He comes through His Word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Praise God we have this treasure that He gave to us. Yes, <coughs> we need to know God's Word and His power in our daily walk. We need to practice obedience by faith uh, God can and God is faithful. I don't know what you've experienced in your life, but I tell you what, God keeps His Word. Amen. God is strengthened. He carries us. He takes care of His kids. William Carey went to India as the first missionary of modern days and landed in Calcutta in November of 1793. And he said, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. You know, we need to attempt great things from God. We're not just here to enjoy this world, to slide through, but God's got a purpose for us. And we need to have a heart to say, God, please use me. Uh, reveal to me. If you're a member of this church, God's got a ministry for you in this church. And you need to pray about it. God gives each one of us gifts, abilities to be used of God. And it doesn't make any difference. It's helping clean the bathrooms or working the, in the nursery or teaching or whatever it is, visiting or praying. My, we have all these things that God wants us to use in the church. God, help us to be faithful. I tell you, uh, I'm, I'm 77 years of age and I go out every time I'm in, in, uh, in uh, Oklahoma City and not on the road preaching somewhere, I go on visitation Saturday mornings with the church. I go do block work. I mean, block, and I'll tell you, sometimes it's pretty hot up there in El Paso. I, I tell you what, and I, I go through there, and, and you say, well, boy, that's difficult. That's dangerous in this day and age. We have a God who's able. Amen. I tell you, we have a God who's able. I, one time I even got nipped by a dog being out there doing house to house visitation. But the moment I turned to that dog like this, he took off. I tell you what, we have a God who's able, and it wasn't any serious, but I tell you what, uh, we have a God that's able. And this world's dying for a lack of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yeah. One thing about doing visitation there, as I said, in block work and everything, and right now, 
I run into many young people who at one time rode the buses to Southwest Baptist Church. And I talk to them, I invite them out, and I've not heard one of them yet say anything but positive things about Southwest Baptist Church. I thank God for the good testimony of our, my church. And uh, one young man, I gave him a tract invitation, told him he needs to come out. So I'll give this to my mother, she needs that. I looked at him, I said, young man, I said, this world is going to hell in a basket. Unless you do something with Jesus Christ, you're going to go down with it. Yeah. Even the world knows this. It's in deep trouble today. They're just in deep trouble, but they're not looking to the right direction, not looking to God. And that's what we've got to point them to. You know, uh, we have difficulties in life and problems. Uh, our history is His story. What God is doing in our lives, what God is fulfilling. We got difficulties, we got problems, we make mistakes. I tell you what, that we can repent, we can get it right, and we can go on and use it as a testimony for God. It's such an important part of our lives. In December of 1971, we came by faith to Germany. We were here in Germany and we went language. Actually, I was pastor of Eiffel Baptist Church temporarily, 10 months long, to help them get a pastor out of America. They asked me to help them. I didn't know how difficult it was to get an American pastor to come to Germany at that time. But I did it, and God brought a pastor of America, a good man. And I tell you what, thank God we saw many, many souls saved in those 10 months. Amen. Saw, uh, I believe it was 45 people saved. Four men surrendered to ministry. Several of them are in the ministry. I know where they're serving now. I tell you what, serve God. There's people. I love the working with the military. Praise God. There's great things that God wants to do. We learned the language. We had a problem. My wife had a health problem. We had to go back in 79 to come back to America. I pastored up in Denver, Colorado for a year and a half. And then we went and was associate pastor in Hillcrest Baptist Church. And uh, they, when God renewed our, our, our health and our vision. They sent us out. We came in July of 83. And, uh, and had one woman convert who was married to a lost man. And by the way, her lost husband got saved two weeks prior to her death from cancer. But I tell you what, that's how we started out. But I tell you, you win them one by one. And God builds it. They're precious souls that God's interested. In 1995, we organized Bible Baptism in my Bible Baptist Church upon the leadership of our pastor, Brother Stewart. And God blessed with more men becoming active and gathering more, and, and they grew. Praise God. In 1999, we purchased the building in Bassenheim. God provided grace for finances. The difficulty of this, all I can say is God did something only God could do. Uh, we were looking for another place to rent. Where we were renting a house, uh, we had rented, there was parking up and down a long road right in front of it when we rented that place. But the next year, 1984, they came in and they made improvements. You know, uh, sometimes the government makes improvements. It's a very terrible thing. And they took away 70% of all of our parking. And so we had to look for a place and we're looking for another place to rent. And this was a, a large building uh, about uh, four miles from where we were meeting out in the Bassenheim, Germany. But it was just a big hall, basically, a small kitchen, two nice, good-sized bathrooms. 
But uh, we looked at it, and it was, was not really suitable to use as a, as a church the way it was. And we said we'd have to do construction. And so the, now, you get this, this is a town, Bossenheim, 3,000 souls. Over 90% Catholic. The owner of this building was a Catholic. His wife was Catholic. He was Catholic in name. She was Catholic in practice. She was doing, holding services. I mean, she was doing communion, different things to the Catholic church. Her brother was a priest. And God, he, God just moved his heart, their hearts to rent it to us. I said, we can't rent it. It says it's not suitable to hold services, no Sunday school rooms. And he said, well, uh, then buy it. I said, well, you know, we were averaging about 35 in attendance at that time. I said, and it'd take a year to do the construction, to come in and build that, to put in the Sunday school rooms and everything involved in it. I said, we'd have to pay for the rent over there. We'd have to pay for the construction, have to pay for purchasing. I said, we can't do that. He said, I'll let you have the building for one year and you won't have to pay one cent for it. Wow. You're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars that this lost Catholic man in Germany gave us an opportunity. And we, I tell you, that was just the beginning of the problem. We said, okay. You let us do that, God will not enable us to do that. So we, we started, actually there was a time when we started into the construction and uh, we, we'd got a, a bill of sales all set up, all signed for it. And uh, uh, brother, brother Dickinson, Brother Joe Dickinson with his wife Tisha was over with a crew from our home church to help us do the construction. And so we're in the middle of this. We've got all kinds of things going on. We're building up walls with uh, uh, what kind of stones they think as we're going to build a, a up above it a above the Sunday school area a fellowship hall that was even with the with what's going to be the parking lot and we were in the middle of this and we were sitting in the office of the realtor and the owner and and his wife were sitting there with him and we got no news from a neighbor that they were not going to sign the changing of the purpose. Now their building was really attached to our building in the back. And so they had to actually sign a, a permission to change the purpose of the building. And uh, they did it out of spite for the owners that owned it were selling to us. Anyway, they came and they were all upset because here we were in the middle of the construction. And then comes this. And so then they came and uh, they got all upset about it. And they looked at us, Sandy and I were sitting there and we were just calm. They said, well, aren't you upset? This, this is not working out. You're, you're in the middle of the construction, all this going on and, and it's not gonna work even. I said, well, if God wants us to get it, he'll work out the details. And if God doesn't want us to get it, then we don't want it. Amen. And the realtor said, you know, if, you, if this works out, I'll even get saved. Well, God worked it out. Instead of getting saved, he ended up in prison. Not for that deal, but for another one. But I tell you what, 
uh, you better be careful what you say. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, God worked it out. Amen. I mean, at one point, they, 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 we, the, uh, bow, bow, the building uh, code gave us permission in spite of them not signing. They took the, the uh, bow, the building thing to court. And they had a judge out there, this long black robe on, out there in our parking lot, what became our parking lot. And they had a thing, and the neighbors came, our people came out, and, uh, and they came and they found against them and charged them the equivalent of, uh, let's see, it must have been like about $7,000 that they had to pay court costs. You see, we have a God. The hearts of the kings are in the hands of God. We have a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask. Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. God takes care of his kids. God cares for us. God works miracles in our lives. And so we purchase a building and provide God, provide grace for the finances. And uh, three years ago, we were able to pay off that loan completely with just offerings from the church. Thank God for that. And uh, I tell you, one of the promises that God gives, and he gives to a church like your church right here, because he gives it to a missionary church. Philippians 4.19. Philippians was a church that supported Paul's ministry when nobody else did. It was a missionary church, and God wrote through Paul to them in Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. I tell you, God is able to supply our need, but we need to be in the fight. We need to be in the work. And I tell you, you're serving God, you'll see God working miracles like that. Now in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, precious promises of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to, to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory by, in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Now, God could not say it more uh, completely and exactly than he says in this. To him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Now, I can think of quite a bit of things, but I tell you what, God's able to do above that. And I tell you what, what our concept of God is generally below, way below what God really is. We are limited by our humanity. But I tell you what, God is the creator and he's a sovereign God that can do anything except fail. And you know, we need to make God's battles yours. That's one you want to see some victory? Get into the battles for God. I mean, it's wonderful that Roe versus uh, Wade has been defeated, that thing, so that uh, it's a state rights thing, whether you chose, whether you uh, allow abortions or not. And so the battle is still on. So praise God, it's, a, it's an easier battle now. At least we have, but praise God, make his, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, <clears throat> is one of the great stories that even the world has taken very much to heart. And, and we talk about David and Goliath. Why the world talks about that even? Somebody who's young doesn't, shouldn't have any chance against a giant. But I tell you what, we need to make the Lord's battle. Your battle you have, if you do it for yourself, you're in trouble. But I tell you what, if it's God's battle in your life, 
and you claim the high ground. You claim God's promises and God's supply make it yours. In 1 Samuel chapter uh, 17, beginning with verse 14, excuse me, verse 44, and the Philistine said to David, come unto me and I will give my, thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass uh, of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and all, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. You know, uh, what the, the, uh, the giant, Goliath, was claiming, he was actually throwing a great rebuke to Israel. He says, you'll become our, our slaves. Israel is already the slave of the Philistines. I mean, they'd taken away the smiths. Only two men had, had really weapons up at that time was Samuel, I mean, Saul and his son, Jonathan. I mean, they had the control. They were, as a, they were in great number, greatly outnumbered, great chariots, everything. They had control. This was just to rub it in the dirt. He says, you're under them. And, but he gave them an opportunity. He says, if someone comes and fights against me, and, and defeats me, we'll be your, your slaves. We'll become your slaves. Now he couldn't imagine that happening. But I tell you what, the only one in that, whole arm, in that whole army of Israel that saw the opportunity was a boy named David. David says, you know, they, they all in the army think he's too big, can't fight against him. David probably said, well, you know, uh, he's so big I can't miss him. You know, we have a God. We have a God that if we go out and do it, I mean, and God, he went out and fought that lion and he fought that bear just to protect the sheep, get a lamb out of his life. Why, many people say, well, what good does it do to get that lamb back if I get killed? But you see, that was training. Training to take the high ground, to take, stand up for God and to be willing to take a, something as far as a chance and a challenge to, to do what's right. He took the responsibility. Some people think that, <clears throat> I, I, for a long time I thought that the reason David was put out there to t watch the sheep was because he was the youngest. But I don't believe that. You know, his father knew his heart. He knew his heart that he would not give up his sheep. He would fight to the death. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That was the example of him, and he did it again. All of it was training to go out and to fight a Goliath. God gives us our daily challenges. They're part of God's training, and we need to take the high ground and stand for God and claim the victories that he can give us. Yes, give, and give God the glory. He says, it's God, it's not me that wins, it's God that gives the victory. Now, he is one that causes us to triumph. In 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 14, God's word tells us, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Paul wrote most of his letters from prison. But I tell you what, in that prison, he had a captive audience. 
the, I tell you, the people that were watching him, many of those servants of, of the, of the Sogar, the emperor, were saved and the jailers were saved. I mean, God uses the opportunities. We need to realize and make use of those because God is able and working through us and his word is powerful and his spirit is the dynamite of God. Yes, we can limit God's blessings and victories by indifference, not taking it serious. People die, our neighbors, your next door neighbors, people we meet at the gas station, whoever it is, just not being caring. A lack of faith, not realizing that God wants to use you for his honor and glory. By disobedience, God tells us to go into all the world. We have a, a mission here on earth. We need to be about it. We need to, and or even selfishness. I'm just going to enjoy life. I'm going to do what I want to do. God help us to not be selfish or disobedient and lack of faith or indifference. We need to go for. If we fail to step out and do the things, live by faith and be an instrument of God, we will, God will not be glorified as he should in our lives. God wants to be glorified in your life. Second, souls will be lost because we fail to be the testimony God wants us to be. And third, we will suffer the loss of blessings. Yes, in, uh, in Psalm 78, Psalm 78 and verses 40 through 43, how oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy, how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan. People, you've had, if you're saved here tonight, you have the biggest victory God can give you. We have the Holy Spirit of God living within us. We have the word of God in our hands, hopefully in our hearts. We have the ability to go and obey him and go and see victories for him. As Adoniram Judson lay in prison in stocks, uh, he was asked by another prisoner who knew he was a missionary, he says, how, how are, the, are the prospects of missions in Burma? And Adoniram Judson answered by faith, they are as bright as the promises of God. People, how bright is your future right now? What you're looking at, you're going about, I tell you, you know, we, we came back from, from Germany because God led us, but just like God led us to go to Germany. It was God's time to come back. Since we've come back, we have lost a great majority of our support because we're no longer missionaries in Germany. And what we did, you know, we raised our faith promise to uh, this year to give more to God, to give more to the cause of Christ. And I know that a God will honor faith and obedience to him. And we have a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. We're looking forward for God using us in a great way in the days to come because one of these days is going to come back. I'm looking for the upper taker. I hope that you're ready for the upper taker tonight. If you're here and you do not know Jesus Christ, your Savior, I say the greatest victory and blessing of your life is in front of you. And Satan and the world will do everything to keep you from turning your life to Christ. Like they talked about this morning, whatever way you've gone, Christ is there behind you. He's ready, looking for you to turn around. He's ready. He's willing. 
He'd love to give us the victory in your life and in my life. Let's stand now and look to the Lord in prayer as we come and think of this. And man, I was so pleased to see people respond to the invitation this morning. That's like what we've experienced in Russia and Siberia, what we experienced over in Ukraine and also in Romania. And I saw it also in my home church, Hillcrest Baptist Church. But I'll tell you what, it's great to see hearts open and responsive to God. If God's doing business with you, do it wherever God wants you to do. Come forward where you are, but let's make things right with God. Let's become the yielded instruments in the mighty hand of God. Let's look to God in prayer now.